top five returning players slash coaches if you're Jed. Matthew. <laughs> oh, I get to go first both times. Yes. Again. Look at us. Hey, man, it worked out good last time. Save the best for first. My so. list is fat boy heavy. So I'm just going to. Fat boy heavy. I'm just going to preface this All now. Right. It's, Mine is defensive heavy. It's full of thick. Mine started really defensive heavy. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So then. And not to, not, not to ruin anything, but mine is literally all defense. 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. He's going to go. Holy cow. Big red junkies. Game by game. Game by game. He is better than better. He is better than better. He is Turn this stadium inside out. <laughs> Jed, you love that so much, don't you? He does. Can't start a show without it. Absolutely loves it. As promised, we are here to talk about the top five returning players slash coaches for 2024. Well, we are doing slash coaches, huh? I am. I think I think it, I think Jed busted the can of worms wide open, man. So we're, it that, makes sense, though, doesn't it? Well, let me just say this. I'm not going to put him in my top five because I already had that just players. But Tony White is probably Tony White. T- Tony White's probably the number one for me oh. of of returning that we didn't know for sure would be here. I do have a coach, but Tony White's not it. But he, Tony White's I, not obviously it. he's wow. obviously he's a great pick. My guess would be Terrence Knight for you. Nope. Oh, wow. Let's okay. not play that game because uh, <laughs> I'll just spoil it if you ever actually say exactly. it. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think we can all agree, and we've already talked about it a ton. Everybody's talked about it a ton. The fact that Tony White stayed, the fact that he, it sounds like, Thank you. It sounds like he probably had the option to go to UCLA. And, uh, he definitely got talked and, to. <laughs> well, and so did Rule about him. Well, that's what I'm saying. From what I understand. You know, it, I, I kind of think that one of the reasons, even though it was his alma mater, that he didn't goes back to what Rule talked about when Tony White was a hot name for like places like San Diego State and even a Syracuse possibly. I was where about he to said, say this exact same point. I guarantee it was where he said, "Make sure where you go, the commitment to you also is the commitment off the field as far as like facilities and NIL and all those other places." And the thing is, and we talked about this in a, in another show. Teaser, we've got a we've got a special <laughs> bonus episode. It's it's a nice short one um that we specifically talk about. UCLA What's UCLA got to offer? Does not have any of that. Yeah. At le- at least as far as like uh commitment to all of that stuff just yet. And at, I think as much as maybe Tony White did want to go home, what Rule said, I think, rang a bell with him to be like, yeah, I just can't do that because you don't have the commitment to it. Yeah. No, and he, he mentioned it again. I don't know. I know, I know that I mentioned it uh, last week when we did our uh, Ty Robinson cover, uh, but we, we basically, we talked about the different interviews that Rule had been doing for about a week. He did an amazing interview with... Uh, what's his name from College Game Day? It went on for like forty minutes on their on their college game on a college football podcast on ESPN. Um, and Rule talked at length about you know the the importance of what things are as far as the backing that you're going to get from your university, the backing you're going to get from your AD, the backing you're going to get from your fans, and everything that go along with everything that supports a football team. And he almost—it was almost like he was almost poking a little bit of fun when he was asked about the fact that Tony White was coming back. 
about, you know, it wasn't like he was poking fun, but more of a, you know, I, I, I really think Tony White's going to get his opportunity and it's going to, he's going to take the right one when it comes along. He, he drives that point home as if to say, UCLA is not a good place to go work right now. No, it's just it's why I wanted to have that conversation. <laughs> so look out for that bonus episode. Um, please do us a favor, like, subscribe, share. The subscribe button's right below. It's easy to hit. Costs you nothing. Um, do it, pussies. You won't. Yeah, do it. We, we need to grow this channel. There's no reason we shouldn't be growing a little bit faster than we are, and we absolutely love doing this. Love bringing you content, and that just makes it easier on us. Bet you fucking won't. So we're jumping in. Top five returning players slash coaches if you're Jed. Matthew. <laughs> oh, I get to go first both times. Yes. Again. Look at us. Hey, man, it worked out good last time. Save the best for first. I love it. <laughs> All right. Oh, hold on. Is there anybody that just missed your, your top five cut? Yeah, like five guys. They're not in the top five, so we're not going to talk about them. Number five. I bet we do, but yeah. <laughs> No, I guarantee we do. This Probably. is a, this is kind of a rough list. Thing is, the, the guy that's on my number six, I bet one of you guys has it. So. My list is fat boy heavy, so I'm just gonna fat boy heavy. I'm just gonna preface this All now. Right. It's, Mine is defensive heavy. It's full of thick. Mine started really defensive heavy. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So then, and not to like, not to ruin anything, but mine is literally all defense. But go ahead. I should tell you something Jesus. about the coach you picked. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, my number five. Young kid, but he's coming back. He got some good playing time that we didn't see much production out of him. Malachi Coleman. I have big high hopes for him this year. I think he's going to have a better quarterback than you know the ball. We're going to see him explode a little bit. He's my number five, just made it in pick. Better, more experienced wide receivers around him to All maybe take he's, the pressure he, off of him, things like that. He's going to have such a better experience this year than he did last year. I hope so. I like it, man. We we we've done spots on his book. We we do Wait, a lot of support. You like Malachi Coleman being brought up? Shocker. Oh yeah. He's not in my top five, to be honest with you, but <laughs> Wow, I'm honestly that's stunned at, by well that. that's only because we've got we've got two incoming wide receivers that I think are gonna be enormous <laughs> that's fine. for us. Um I just know how much you like him. I, I, I absolutely I absolutely love the kid. We've done a lot of a lot yep. of stuff on social with him and, and his foundation that he has, but Go get his book too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, go get his Fly book. Like guy. He's 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 gonna be awesome. I, I really think he's gonna be able to just do the developing and the learning that he was supposed to do last year, mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna rely on him as much because we went out and got two carbon copy older dudes that have produced more in college football than him. Yep. Who's, who's your number five, Jed? Well, as far as my just miss really quickly, and I, we don't have to go into him because I'm I'm I guess I'm just going to assume that you have him on your list. My just list number six is Ty Robinson, but my number five is going to be Tommy Hill. Uh, he really came on in the second half of the season last year. You know, coming into the year, he was kind of the which position is he going to play? Is he going to play wide receiver? Is he going to play defensive back? Because he flip flopped back and forth two years ago, and he ends up leading the team in interceptions with four interceptions. Most again, in four the, interceptions is sad to be leading the well, team. Well, it is, but. Yes, you know, no. that's still a lot for a single season, especially for the it is for the back half of the yeah. season. It's more than like a guy like Travis Hunter. He had three. So like, you know, uh, fuck Colorado. Yes. <laughs> uh, but he also sat out five games. But yeah, what a pussy. Still. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's, Tommy Hill didn't start at cornerback in all of our in all of our games either. He's actually my number four. OK, on my list. He's a little higher. For um, and. and but also, with us losing the Quentin Newsom and Omar Browns in the secondary, we are going to need to- a guy like Tommy Hill 
with his experience to step up even more than what he already has and take those guys' places. I feel like I'm working backwards here because I'm talking about my four before I mention my five, but um, to, to just piggyback on that, I mean, he is the ninth ninth or eighth rated pro, fo- by fo- pro football focus. He's the ninth or eighth rated cornerback coming back in, in 2024 yes. for all of college football. Not just for the Big Ten, not just for Nebraska, for all of college football. That is humongous. Mm-hmm. And to think we almost moved him to running back or wide receiver, yeah. whatever it was. I think he was getting a look at running back, too. Like I said, um, he was playing both positions two years ago. He's, he's a guy that I know Rule loves. He's a freak athlete. He's obviously got a nose for the ball. We were making jokes during games last year, especially the last couple of games. It's <laughs> like, like dude, where's the ball? Give me the ball. You he, got the ball? He Give got the ball. lucky and blown coverages on bad balls a couple different times because he was just trying to go for an interception. Yeah. And if the ball had actually been delivered appropriately, he'd got burned for a touchdown on a couple of them. And, and one of the reasons why Rule loves him so much isn't because of what he does during games. He's a fucking workhorse. And mm-hmm. Rule brings yeah. it up all the time yeah. mm-hmm. about what he does on the practice field and off the field for this team. Would yeah. you guys remember all of this when you find out where he is in my in my lineup? <laughs> so he's a little higher? He's so little here's, little higher. here's my number four. <laughs> but my number five is actually Makai Bear. The linebacker spot, we talked about it in really our, good pick. In, 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 our um, in our newcomers top five. The linebacker spot is low. He's a guy that can play both inside and, and played some outside linebacker last year. He actually even moved up and played on the end spot a couple different times. He's a super versatile, really fits in a lot to their positionless player mold. Yep. Um, you know, they've got him listed at 230. I think he actually played a little bit closer to like 245 last year. So I don't know if they're trimming him down in the offseason or what, because the current roster has him listed at 230. Um, but he's he's a <laughs> dude that showed flashes last year um, alongside of other other freshmen that were out there and other newcomers that were out there. Because I think yes, he, did. he was a transfer in last year, wasn't he? I don't remember. Because I know they have him listed as a junior right now. Um, I can't remember if he was a transfer in or if he was just a guy that literally we'd never heard of prior to last year. Yeah. No, but he, he flashed last year. He's one of time. those dudes that seemed to come out of nowhere um, that everybody by the end of the season knew his name. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, so, so glad that he's got another full season. And the depth is going to allow him to be one of the more upper echelon more on the field guys from the very beginning. He, he started to flash in the first half of the year. Everybody, nobody knew how to pronounce his last name. And then in the second half of the year, Gaber, Gaber, <laughs> how do we get this G out there? Is it a no, hard guys, G? It's just or? bear. <laughs> it's just bear. <laughs> just forget the G. Like, <laughs> and then it was like, is it bear or is it bear? And it's like, I don't know. is he aspirin? Shut up. Are you <laughs> saying pan or pan? <laughs> but that's my number five, Matt, who you got it for? Uh, my number four was kind of a toss-up between two of the you know chubbier kids on the team, uh, but I'm going with Ty Robinson. I I mean, we that, talked about him so much. He said he was just last sixth. year. Th- he, that's why I was kind of comfortable leaving him off, just because you knew we were going to talk about him. I knew he was going to be on somebody's list. You know, amazing leader on the defense. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's going to get a ton of playing time. Um, and he's going to play in the NFL after this year. Yeah. So. so apparently I'm just going to continue talking about the next one on my list <laughs> before I talk about the next one on my list because he's actually my number three. Yep. I think um, I know who your number two is then. Something something that a lot Probably of people... Probably my number three. Something that a lot... Of, <laughs> yeah. Something that a lot of people forget about last season is he didn't start practicing. He didn't start working out. He didn't start doing all of the Matt Rule Nebraska football things until fucking August. Well, 
The dude was coming off major injury. He didn't get to do anything in spring ball. He didn't get to participate in the majority of what happened in the offseason. And by the end of the year, I mean, yes, Hutmaker had an amazing season last year. Don't get me wrong. I'm super excited about him coming back, too. But Ty Robinson was the dude that was supposed to be the dude before he got hurt. We said that and, in the preseason. Yep. Uh, where we were talking about Ty Robinson. It's like, yep. is he going to be the guy that we expected him to be when he came in? And this is the year we that actually, he has to do I think do we it. actually all agreed that he was going to be the guy we expected or that we were most excited to see and thought he was going to be the most impactful player yes. last season. No, we we all were. Preseason, we were like, he needs to be the guy that we wanted him to be a couple of years ago when he first got recruited as a really big kid coming out of high school. I think yeah. Arizona or something like that. You know what? If he has the exact same season last year and the rest of the defense doesn't do what they did, he still had the season we expected. Yeah. Well, the thing, he the had thing a great year. One hundred percent. The thing about it is, though, you're in you're in a situation where it's kind of a Sue Jared Crick type situation yeah. here. There's only so because, many opportunities. Well, no, actually, to, what I'm what I'm getting at is that you know without Sue, Jared Crick doesn't really exist. Jared Crick probably would have been mm-hmm. a decent college player. Probably would have maybe made it to the NFL. Well, but did. Jared Crick he, had he did it. make it in the NFL. He played. For I'm Q. saying without Sue. Oh, okay. I'm if sorry, Sue I'm didn't sorry. exist. He wouldn't have been that guy. No. He would have no. never gotten the opportunities, A, because Sue was demanding all that attention. But you look at what happened last year with Ty Robinson. He got basically the first half of the season off because Hutmaker was making it impossible to double Ty Robinson. Yep. By the end of the season, though, it flipped. Offenses had to figure out, okay, what, like, <laughs> which player are we yep. going to double who yeah. on? Where, yep. Where's our tight end? Because we can't take both of these guys at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely. And you started seeing a lot more tight double tight end sets, and you started seeing a lot more of those jumbo packages when they had to they had to get out there and, and hold them back. Yep. Yeah. And so I'm super, super excited about that dude coming in. Yep. Uh, my, number four, my number four is his next-door neighbor, Nash Hutmiker. Um, I mean, it kind of piggybacks off everything that we said about Ty Robinson. I mean, with the first, specifically, the, I'm not trying to say that he had a bad second half of the season, but specifically what Hutmaker did in the first half of the season. And then his numbers came down in the second half, but it was because of what you just said, as far as they had to decide, are we going to double Ty Robinson or are we going to double Hutmaker? And either way, you're screwed. But uh, having... Hutmaker back, obviously also next to Ty Robinson with a Terrence Knighton giving them another year of coaching uh, is just just gigantic. I, I There's not a, really a whole lot more to say to piggyback off again off of the Ty Robinson stuff. No, it's fucking huge. Because they're kind of a combo. Yeah. My number They're four. very good individually, but... They're very good individually, but like I said, together Sue and Crick were a very special yes. defensive tackle tandem. In, in college football, and that's essentially what Ty Robinson and Nash Hutmaker like, are. Like, one of them individually, where I'm, I, at least I'm not trying to say one of them individually is like a Sue, but as far as a combo together, they both Sue and Crick together and Robinson and Hutmaker together are probably pretty close as far as just combos. Yeah. Because maybe both Robinson and Hutmaker might be a touch better than a Jared Crick, but if you put a Sue next to him, then it raises up a Jared Crick. Stuff like that. I'm 100% with you. My number four is Prince Will. Oh, you're switching your number four now? No, that was his number three. No, my number three was Ty Robinson. Oh. That was my number four. Okay. 
His number four was this my is getting confusing three. because we're. I know we're keep, we keep going back and forth. My number four is is Prince Will. Okay, stop texting, Prince Will. Your mama yelling. Come on, it's Prince Will. Your mom's a yelling. There you go. I'm very very excited to see what that dude does. If you're telling me that what he showed as a true freshman, combined with the name that him and his brothers are getting in college football in general. If you're telling me he didn't have the opportunity to go to wherever the fuck he wanted to in the transfer portal, you're wrong. Yep. And him staying here, him apparently getting at least his brothers a little bit of interest from his brother to come up here from Florida, Prince Lee, uh, who wound up being one of the major gets for Ole Miss. Yes. Um, and he will start for Ole Miss. Oh, God. Don't, don't get me wrong. That, that boy going to the NFL, so is Prince Will. Yeah. And... The things we started to see from him that were super next level, very, very high end, heady football type plays. Um, I'm I'm so excited for what he's going to do with a full second season in Matt Rule's system with Tony White. God, it's just I'm getting goosebumps right now. In the just thinking room about, with Corey Campbell. Oh god, second year yeah. and putting just a little bit more weight on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, boy. I agree. So and, and y'all I, already know my number three. Well, and honestly, the thing is, <laughs> real quickly with Prince Will, I could I could easily say Cam Lenhart in the same spot as <clears throat> Prince Will. Exactly, exactly. And and you know the thing about that is, those dudes. And we, we've kind of already talked about this, but those dudes don't don't do the things that they've done. Yeah, there's some individual stuff, like I said, the the head stuff, but they're not getting the opportunities on the field without a Hutmaker and a Ty Robinson doing the shit yep. that they've been doing. Yep. See, this is why I didn't want to talk about my didn't make the top five, because we're talking about all of them anyway. <laughs> Len Hart was already on there, or Prince Will? Yes. Both of them. Yes. <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're amazing. They belong on the list, yeah. but they're not here. You're right. They do belong. I mean, very but you can only pick five. Again, make sure, like, share, and subscribe, and also put your top five in, in, our, in the comment section. Yeah, drop your top five down below. There, this is one of those that, I mean, what is there right now? There's 120 kids on the roster. Yeah. You could be going with whatever you want to. Yeah. You want to focus on the entire offensive side of the ball. Dude. There are wrong answers. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, man. I will troll you. <laughs> it will be a thing. <laughs> I will troll you. It will happen. All right. So you're, you're number three. You already heard my three. Ty it's Robinson. Ty Robinson. Yeah. And it equally well-deserved. He yeah. belongs in number three Absolutely. spot. It, you, most of these are interchangeable. Yep. Uh, for me, my number three is the big fatty on the other side of the ball, which is Bryce Benhart. Okay. He's going to lead the offensive line this year. Wow. BJ's finally off his back. He's lost <laughs> a lot of weight. He's ready to go. So, no, I, 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 I agree with you that he's very important as far as coming back. Um, he's probably I, our most important offensive lineman. I disagree with that. My number two guy, I'm getting, again, putting the heart, heart before the course. <laughs> my number two guy is actually Ben Scott. Having having a senior center with as much playing experience as Ben Scott has, with a true freshman quarterback, with a true freshman quarterback, that is going to be so incredibly important. You're not wrong. So incredibly, neither of you are wrong. No, yeah, and, and not to mention that Ben Scott was already on the O'Brien's you know preseason list and all 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 sorts of different stuff. I'm not saying anything against Ben Hart. He was one that just missed the cut for me on the on the returning five, um, but that again. Speaks to the depth that we have on the offensive mm-hmm. line. The only reason Ben and the Scott quali- in the quality return the quality. The only reason Ben Scott is my number two is because of the Raiola being a true freshman. 
and him being a super seasoned center. At yep. some point, we're going to get you to go in order. Well, I've already given my number three, so I, you know, I needed a chance to talk on this round. With with, with how confusing these orders, yeah, no may, shit. Maybe at the end, we're going to have to go through our order just, yeah, we'll just, just to list we'll just off them again. But uh, my number three, I'm going to go off with the players, and I'm going to go to a coach. And similar to what we've talked about, with, we talked about it in our previous show with Stephon Thompson. The the importance of the middle linebackers and the linebacker position as a whole. And I'm going to go with Rob Dvorak because the job that he has, it's kind of with what I said about the Glenn Thomas situation, the job that he has in the quarterback room situation as a whole, but the job that he has to get these guys ready, a John Bullock, a Javin Wright, potentially as our two starting linebackers, and then bringing up guys, and Stephon Thompson will be in that mix as well, Bringing up guys, McKay, Mikhail Bear, uh, to be able to take the spot of Reimer and Heinrich. The job that Rob Dvorak has on him for the 2024 season is a very big job for this defense. Thousand percent, I agree with you. One hundred percent. It's it's going to be incredible, and I I think he's up to the task, mostly because I of what agree. we saw from him last year. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from the dudes that we lost, but those guys were. Good for a Scott Frost roster. Mm-hmm. They were good holdovers. They were some of the few good holdovers from that roster. They weren't world beaters. They're not going on in the NFL. No. They're not. I mean, that's, that's just is what it is. And what he got out of them, what he, what he made Nick Henrich back into as a dude, like, yes, it's, it's so horrendously sad that he got injured again and he decided to just retire from football. Yep. But... What he made him into as a dude returning from double ACLs, that that was incredible. Yep, that was incredible. So was I, I'm with you 100. That's going to be awesome, yeah. Matt. Who you got it too? You sure you don't want to talk about your number two? I've already no. I've, I've well, already no, given my number. Two. I'm aware. Ben Ben Scott's <laughs> at my number two. Like I said, it, and I'll 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 reiterate this. I truly think the biggest reason that he is so so important this next upcoming season. The effect that he's going to be able to have on Dylan Raiola, especially since we're an offense that likes to huddle, we're an offense that likes that likes to get together and and have good communication. You saw it when when it came to the practice squad people working with starters last year when we had to bring in our third and fourth string quarterbacks. When you when you saw Purdy get on the field, Evans Jenkins was playing left guard in those games. And he ended up having to give the snap counts to Ben Scott. But Ben Scott's ability to sit in in there and play with quarterbacks that he's not even played with before and just get just get signals called over from the right guard or the left guard. I mean, those those are going to be huge things. His in-game experience and his abilities not just as a blocker, it, it's going to be huge. Yep. No, I and again, you were right with Bryce Benhart you are completely right with Ben Scott. Well, for two very There's, different reasons. I think Ben Hart is going to lead the line, and Ben Scott is going to lead well, your especially, quarterback. Especially if you're going to talk about the tackle position. Yeah. And you need a stud yep. there. So, yeah. again, yeah. they both, again, we can say 12 different guys. Deserve I got a lot of questions about the other side of that tw- tackle side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's why they're not on the list. <laughs> but we could put 12 people on our top five list, but then it wouldn't be a top five list. Yeah. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Who's your number two? Um, Tommy Hill. Tommy Hill, for everything you guys said earlier, he's a workhorse. He was a ball hawk last year. 
he could literally play wherever, and he finally ended up in a spot where I think he's going to do amazing this yeah. coming year. I also think he's going to be one of the biggest leaders on the defense this year. You know, one of the other things we talked about rule what he what Tommy Hill means to the program as a workhorse type guy. He almost kind of talked about him as a defensive back, almost joking like, "Who the fuck would put him at a different position?" Like Rule talks about him in such reverence as a defensive back, like, "Why would he play any other position? This is fucking stupid." What idiot as a previous coach would put him at any other position? Like, <laughs> it's really funny when he brings up Tommy Hill. He loves Tommy Hill, so I, I that's agree. another reason. If, if and he was Rule, a kid that didn't get a lot of like he didn't get a lot of look before Rule got no, here. Yeah, he if not. Rule is that hot on him, I'm gonna be that hot on him too. I think Absolutely. he's going to be a stud on the defense next year, and he's going to be a leader, if not on the field, in the locker room. I agree. That's why I had him on my list, and you did too. Yeah, we all sure he is on my number two. Yep, we all know what BJ's was. Jed, what do you got? <laughs> my number two is I think the I mean we've we've brought up a bunch of defensive guys. Again, all of my list is defense. We brought up a bunch of guys that are leaders, and I think this guy is the ultimate leader on the entire defense, and that's Isaac Gifford. Okay. What? what what's Nothing. the side? What? No, Did you Isaac, think I was taking... Isaac Gifford was actually one of my like very last cut guys. I think he was probably like my number six. Um, C- kind of with what you brought up, Ben Hart, like Isaac Gifford and Ben Hart announced on the, at the same time in their little video yes. that they were returning. He was one of the key guys that we needed to have back on the defense. I know we have a bunch of guys coming back on defense, but Isaac Gifford, I, I think, is one of the glues of that defense. He plays in a bunch of different positions on the field. I mean, he's the same position, but where he's at, kind of we talk about the amoeba defense. The, the roaming safety. Yes. yes. He, he's a roaming guy that plays everywhere. He led the team in, ta- in tackles last year. Like, he is just everywhere, and I believe a lot of people are leaders, but he's the heart of our defense. I was just going to say this. I think that he was only my number six on this list, I think, six or seven, but he just missed the cut for me because of how many missed plays I think he had in in serious moments last year for me. Um, He doesn't seem to rise to the occasion in the critical moments, Okay, and he can get beat on the field. But... If it was just for his on-field play, he wouldn't even be in my top ten. It's his off-field, like you said, I think the he's leadership great on the field. But I don't think he's bad on the field. But no, I'm saying he wouldn't I, be in my top ten. I didn't 10 mean it returns. that way. I didn't mean it that I'm way. I'm saying the, the leadership aspect, the heart and soul of the defense, the glue, those things. I think that is where his true value is because he's a little bit undersized. He's not the fastest. He's not going to probably be an NFL guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, he might get a look. He might get a look, but he's more of a practice squad guy. He's but not play, a- playing the rover safety position they did it and having six and a half tackles for loss. I mean, like he's always around the ball. Yes. Again, yes. leading the team in tackles. Like he's also kind of one of those athletes some NFL teams like. I, I think you're kind of underselling. I get what you're saying. I think you're kind of underselling his. He's just trying to justify on the field. Him number six. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm. I'm basically just saying. There were there were big moments last year that stick out in my mind where he got beat bad, and it was because of him misreading something or him making a mistake on the field, and so those those are things that stick out in my mind as to why he's not one of the biggest things coming back on the field for me. But I get it. I get it. One hundred percent on the no. leadership stuff. Yeah, one hundred percent on the heart and soul stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. And you already talked about your number two. I already said my number two. 
Do you want we're to just go to your number one? Move, no, we you, didn't. You've, you've been I jumping thought ahead of all these anyway. So I thought go go I was going to get burned. Go ahead. No, Matt, Tell us your number one. Matt, buddy. I'm waiting on your number one. Okay. Um, well, I'm very curious because you had that big sigh when I was leading up to mine that you I was taking your number one. So I'm, I'm very curious, curious on what your number, number one is going to be. But go ahead, Matt. Well, since I can't put Nash Hutmacher's dad on here, it's just going to be <laughs> Nash Hutmacher. If you Hutmacher. haven't seen that picture, oh go my out. God. We shared it on our Facebook and our Twitter and on everything else. That dude, Nash Hutmaker, came, comes from large stock. We we didn't know that the polar bear was actually a polar bear cub. Yeah, he was. Because dad is a big boy. Well, dad, a polar bear is. Nash is the polar bear. His dad is Grizzly Adams. Jesus Christ. Christ. Like, he's seven of them. His arm in that picture is like the same size as Nash's chest. <laughs> right. Every, everybody call him your dicks over his dad. Because for real. The side of this table is getting a little heavy. <laughs> Nash is my number one for not only everything that he did last year, and I think he's going to do it again, but also everything he did this offseason. The, the, the going and wrestling and everything they can do for your, your form, your technique, your yep. footwork, uh, the, the work ethic that you see in, in wrestling, all that. And he's going to come back even better this coming, this coming year. I think he's going to be a fucking force to be reckoned with this coming season. Yeah. So. He's far and away my number one. For is he returners. also your number one? No, he was my num- he list. was my number four. Oh but, yeah, no shit. I'm sorry. Know. So apparently, I think he sucks. No, go, ahead, just- go, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, it was just I couldn't. I mean, everything Nash Hutmucker. I mean, I could easily put him at number one. I can't, if if but. any high school kids watch this, wrestle in the off season because it, it'll put you light years ahead of everybody when you're playing football. Hands down. Yeah, Nash Hutmucker. Hutmaker. We keep saying his name wrong. It's Hutmaker. I, I know. I'm sorry. Even though it's, it's just... spelled and should be pronounced as Mocker correctly. I know. Uh, it's Maker. That's how he likes to pronounce. That's the way we're going to pronounce it. I say it wrong Why all the time. you make me say it different? I, I, um, know, I know. We know Mama Hutmaker is, follows this show, so I apologize for <laughs> you know mispronouncing your last name. But uh, my number one, is, again, is defense because that's what I've been doing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before you get into yours. Okay. Uh, Hutmaker is my number one as well. Okay. Um, Hutmaker is. Then why'd you sigh? I already said Hutmaker earlier. I told you there's a lot of whiskey. <laughs> I, I told you there's a lot of whiskey in that cup. We're on our third segment recording tonight, and I have had a couple a couple of these guys. What I what I what I would like to say about Hutmaker, I don't. It's been a while since there's been a dude that made me feel as much like they were Nebraska football as Nash Hutmaker does. Okay. He is he's Nebraska football. He's a South Dakota kid. The way you started that guy. He's just as much but he's just as much he's just as much a Nebraska boy as any of the other guys on the team in my opinion. He is basically a a hometown kid who he wasn't a known guy prior to last year. And I think that he finally got the right coaching, he got the right belief behind him, he got obviously got the right push in the weight room and everything else. He he was just like the Ty Robinson where we talked about how in the preseason of the last year we said Ty Robinson needs to be the guy that we expected him to be when he was recruited. Yeah. Nash Hutmucker was the same way. Nash Hutmucker last year needed to be the guy that we expected, the polar bear yeah. that we Fuck recruited. Was he? Yeah. You know, back in the day. And he they both were. So yes. He's awesome. He he lives and breathes everything Nebraska football and the University of Nebraska apparently. Um, what he's doing with wrestling, like Matt said, and all the all the positive physical things that wrestling brings to it, that's cool. But the fact that he's willing to just 
go the extra mile, do the extra stuff, and keep himself in tip-top crazy good shape for the entire offseason when a lot of kids just want to go have a little bit of fun and hang out. He's and old enough now to drink some beers. You know he's going to go put that weight back on. Well, yeah, he's going to put some of it back on. But right now, he's at such a, a lean and good weight for himself to be wrestling the way that he is and absolutely dominating, by the way. Um, it, it's It's hard to not see him being the same level of impact that he was this past year, if not even more. And coupled with what we already talked about with Ty Robinson and, and his abilities right next to each other, man, they're, we're, we're going to be looking at a lot of national headline type situations where this defensive line specifically is going to be getting talked about. You know, a lot of people like to do the whole, uh, if you have a two-headed monster at running back, the thunder and lightning. I mean, that's, that's kind of what they are. It's what it is on the defensive line. For just us. a whole lot of thunder. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot of thunder. You got the polar bear and the brown bear up there. A lot of thunder and earthquakes. And, yeah. yeah. It's terraforming going on at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number one is uh, Jamari Butler. Okay. Uh, yeah. He He's kind of a, uh, I don't want to say unknown, but uh, very subdued type guy where he didn't play a ton of snaps. He he played like half of the snaps that most of the starters did. He played just under 400 snaps. Uh, a lot of the other guys were at like 700-ish. And he led the team in tackles for loss. He led the team in sacks, eight and a half and five and a half. And for, for reference purposes, he was again, he was just under 400 snaps for last season. Garrett Nelson, two years ago, very good player for Nebraska, same position and everything else. He had nine tackles for loss, a half a tackle loss more than Jamari Butler had, and the same number of sacks in over 400 more, or th- over 300, I'm sorry, snaps than Jamari Butler had. So, you know, for comparison as far as productivity, what Jamari Butler was able to do, and we've ta- we talked about it all season as far as how the rotation of guys that they brought in. And we, we brought it up with uh, Reimer, where he had a lot less tackles than we expected going in because he didn't play as many snaps because of the rotation. If you get a guy like Jamari Butler and the production that he was able to have in, you know, 380-something snaps that he had and add 300-plus snaps to him if he's playing, you know, on a down-by-down basis already having eight and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. This guy's the fucking limit for this guy. Yeah. And for somebody like him returning to be able to play with, you brought up Prince Will, and then we brought up Cam Lenhart to combo that in this defense in, under year in year two. Jamari Butler's my number one. He made a lot of the moves last year coming off the edge that are some of the things that I pointed to that are head things that Prince Will did. Yeah. The only reason I put Prince Will on here and didn't put a guy like Jamari Butler here on here, and like you said, Prince Will and Cam Lenhart could have been interchanged. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, they they pretty much are both in that spot. Yeah. Uh, but the only reason that a Prince Will made my list and a Jamari Butler didn't is mm-hmm. because we got Prince Will for four more years. No, I get it. Probably only two more years, but I mean, we'll find an, out. An early ship off to the NFL. But but realistically, if I asked you before this. Who led the team in tackles for loss and or sacks? Wouldn't have known that. Wouldn't have guessed that. That's what I'm saying. You, you get a guy like Jamari Butler, who's kind of an unknown guy. Uh, 
and put up the numbers that he did. With it's the, not even that he's that quiet. With it's the limited playing time that the he The rest had. of the defense is so loud. Yeah. That's all it is. That's why I got him at number one, mainly because of the production that he had with the limited playing time that he got. So we've all talked, we've talked about our top five returning. We've talked about our top five um, newcomers. What do you guys, who, how would you guys rank from an important standpoint, the top five coaches headed into coaches or analysts headed into 2024? Uh, I mean, I I had two guys, two coaches you on did. my list. You did have them on so that list. those two. Honestly, is, would you rank them in their top in the top five though for for most important coming back? No, I literally let's take rule out of it. Oh yeah, I I agree. I honest to God, you know, and Tony White, we can put him on a pedestal and all that stuff. I seriously just spitballing here with a top five as far as coaches. I literally would have Glenn Thomas and Rob Dvorak one and two. Wow. Okay. I, I would because again, I think that the the position that those guys coach, whether it's quarterbacks with Glenn Thomas and the guys that he has with two t- true freshmen and a quarterback that the majority of the fan base wants to be good, but he just wasn't last year, and he, we need him to be at least serviceable next year. Glenn Thomas has a huge job ahead of him, and again, Rob Dvorak with the guys that he lost and the guys that he needs to coach up to be better to be able to take those spots, those two guys, Dvorak and Thomas, have the biggest job on the coaching staff, in my opinion. Another guy I would put really high up there is Garrett McGuire. Because bringing in two experienced wide receivers, coaching up again a Malachi Coleman, a Jalen Lloyd, bring bring off the injured list, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda, stuff like that. We need the wide receivers to step up with the quarterback. Obviously, EJ Barthel, I would put him probably on my top five with the running back situation. He has no ability to affect who's going to stay healthy or not. But again, we need running backs to stay healthy. <laughs> and so, yeah. honestly, if I, if I was ranking him out, Garrett McGuire would actually be my number one. Okay. Garrett McGuire would be my number one simply because of what he did in the offseason plus what he's going to have to do in the in, in the in season. With the additions of those guys that are only going to help a true freshman wide receiver, like you just said, or, or uh, quarterback, like you just said, yeah. Dylan Raiola. I think that Glenn Thomas is important. I think he's probably would be like number five or number four on my t- on my list. You got Garrett McGuire. I have EJ Barthel at number two, just simply because of the of the rooms that could and should take a step forward on offense this year from a holding onto the ball perspective, from a uh, Hopefully, a health perspective that should be that should be a major part of this offense that's going to make life again easier on a true freshman quarterback. Well, and I'm sorry, real quickly, uh, I had Dante Dowdell on my uh, newcomer mm-hmm. list, and you guys had him close. Ha- having EJ Barthel coach him because, granted, he's a newcomer, but he doesn't have a whole lot of exper- actual experience, yeah. playing experience. Very little. What EJ Barthel can do to somebody like that is going to be really big as well. Absolutely. And I and I had Ed Foley on on like number four for me, just simply because 
I think that our special teams took a step back. Like of all of all the units on our can it on step, our, take a step back from the previous year? From the previous year it did. <laughs> especially our kicking game. Both punting and no, kicking. I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying Tristan it's, it's been really bad for a long up. time. That's Tristan Alvano's gotta get coached up. Yeah. Hopefully we have an answer coming in as a true freshman at punter. I think I think Alvano just needs to call Jed and he can talk him through some of the analytics <laughs> well, around. He's seen the documentaries. Yeah. He knows all about it. You think uh, you're gonna get away? But you're gonna get away today. But my number no. three, <laughs> my number three on this list is still gonna be Donovan Raiola. Um, I would probably put him at five of the well coaches. That I'm I factoring. Off. I'm factoring in the off season too, and you can't you can't look away from the fact that without him, I really don't think we land Dylan Raiola. I don't think that communication and that that family I don't think love. We're, I don't think stays we're even there. in his. I think we're still in the in the atmosphere just because of. I don't think dad. it's a zero because yeah because dad, of dad but, and dad's true love. Like I've watched a couple of interviews since him now being on campus and those things. Dominic loves the the state of Nebraska. He loves the University of Nebraska like way more than he let let on I think prior one, to this. I think one of the big things is, is like Rule can say all he wants to, and I'm not trying to say that I don't believe him. That when a player commits to a school, they back off. And they don't contact them to try to come back. He oh he backed the rule backed off. Ain't no way in hell. Ain't no way in hell. That's that uncle backed off. That's what I'm getting at. Like, okay, the uncle could call and be like, "Hey, how's life?" I think you know, I think it was good. probably like, every day. Yeah, but hey, the, still going the uncle's program? still sitting across the table from you at Thanksgiving. Yeah, with a Nebraska shirt <laughs> yeah. on and like, and dad's a Nebraska shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uncle, uncle's, yeah. uncle's a Wisconsin alum take, at Nebraska. Take, yeah. Taking dad's Thanksgiving <laughs> turkey. Oh, you're you're going to Georgia? Give me that. Yeah, give me that so turkey. It's kind of and and I, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to downplay what Donovan's done for us on the offensive line because I think it's 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 a tremendous coincidence that Donovan also coaches O-line the way that Matt Rule coached O-line when mm-hmm. he was coaching the NFL for which the Giants. Which is why he kept him. Which is, he yes, said it multiple the majority times. of the reason why he kept him, I think. Nah, I, I think you still keep him, even if that's not a, a very happy coincidence. You I, don't keep him for one player. No, I, I agree. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Nope. But that's why I would have him number three on my list. Matt, do you have a list? You guys are ignoring the obvious ones. Matt well, I'm Rule, leaving Tony White. Matt, Matt Rule, Rule is number one. Yeah. Tony White is number two. Yeah. I honestly would put Glenn Thomas at number three. I don't want to slight Evan Cooper either. Not just because Robert of... Robert at number four. Here's my thing. Royal at number I think, five. I think Evan Cooper is by far and away the most important coach we have on staff in the offseason. Yes. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was just getting. From, from a get talent assessment yeah. and recruitment standpoint, that dude at some point will be running probably a front office. Uh, yeah. Like, he'll be GM of a football team. You know what he, re- you know he kind of reminds me of? And God, for the fact that I'm going to bring up an NBA reference is like, what the fuck Oh, I thought you were right going now? MLB here. No, it's like a my Eric Spolstra, Spolstra type Spolstra guy, type, yeah. Where he's the video room guy, you know, that worked his way up to now mm-hmm. being a head coach. Like, that's almost what an Evan Cooper type is. I I agree with you in he's a, some he's sense. A, he, he reminds me more of a baseball reference, a you know, a money ball. I get that. A Theo Epstein type where yep. this dude is turning over every rock and finding guys, turn them into something that mm-hmm. from a football standpoint, they don't look like much. But he's taking these crazy athletes and he's going and finding them and they're just coaching them up. And that's why I think he, where like, Evan Cooper goes to a basketball game and that's sees, the thing he'd rather go see him play Jeremiah basketball than Charles 
Jeremiah Charles and Isaiah Smith Flores on the same basketball team down in Texas that Wager coached. And he's looking at these kids playing basketball and he looks over and Matt Rule looks over at him. He goes, yeah, I got this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now they're at Nebraska. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm doing an off season one, he's number one for sure. I think Corey Campbell's probably number two. Yeah. Corey Campbell, what he's doing with our weight training program is something that a lot of people probably don't understand and don't know. Our weight training program went to absolute hell in a handbasket, trash, dog shit, box of donuts under Mike Riley and didn't get any better under Scott Frost. Nope. Well, it couldn't get much worse. I, I think th- they just became uh, they just became the uh, the white crumbly donuts. Oh, powdered powdered sugar donuts. donuts. They became powdered yeah. sugar donuts. I, I, I think the is big- that a cocaine reference, Matthew? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> What's cocaine? I think the big ask out Frost. <laughs> I think the big thing about the last like five minutes of this coaching conversation is how good is our coaching staff? It's, it well, okay. Realistically, first of, all, first of all, it's it's easy to sit back and say that as Nebraska fans who are in it, who are really really jumping into stuff and getting hyped up and all these things. But truthfully, but if saying you look that, at it, it really does feel like one of those like in five years they're we're going to be watching, or maybe ten years we're going to be watching Super Bowls or watching national championships where it's like, hey, these guys were on the same coaching staff together back at Nebraska, and and they're showing the the you know the team photo, the, and he's here, and he's the McVay, here. And, Shanahan, uh, Lafleur, yeah. the, the like, coaching tree, all of these yes. guys that were on the same coaching staff yep. with the Redskins, I mean Commanders. Uh, you know, back. Oh, they're the, going to be the Redskins again. Soon. No, but but that's what I'm saying. Like that's what it could very possibly be with oh, the Jay next... Gruden's staff of all of all the fucking terrible <laughs> yeah. coaches. He had that collection of assistants and couldn't do shit with it. Kind of like OKC when they had uh, Durant and Harden and Westbrook oh, on yeah. the same team. But the potential of what this coaching staff could possibly be, I think. I think can't be undersold, and I, I, that's one of the many reasons, Matt Rule aside, that makes people believe that this program is on the right track. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. This has been a fun conversation. Again, like, subscribe, share, follow. Give us your top five. Tweet us out. Give us your top five. We want to know who you think is the most important that's coming back. We also want to know who do you think is the most important from a coaching perspective. Yep. Fucking do it. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornhusker football history.